What is author marketing mastery through optimization, you ask? I'm going to tell you. It's the best way for us authors to make a living selling our books. Are you tired of hearing gurus tell you your book is only good enough to be a lead magnet for services? Are you tired of feeling like you have to be a slave to social media and then frustrated when that time doesn't actually help you sell books? I was too, until I found Ammo. Ammo is the only program that reliably produces results and it works for anyone. Is it hard work? You bet. Do you have to overcome some of your own prejudices to make Ammo work for you? Absolutely. But rather than being another program that rah-rah shish-goom-bahs tries to get you emotionally excited only to offer unclear methods, Ammo shows you how to design profitable ads step-by-step step through a unique, never-before-tested formula. The founder, Steve Piper, is a data-loving, formula-driven author who escaped the kingdom of Amazon to build a platform for himself where he sold directly to his readers and built a loyal following. With Ammo, you know who's reading your books, how to contact them, and what they want to read next. If you've always been frustrated with Amazon's wall of mystery, of not knowing who's reading your books, of losing 50 to 70% of the hard-earned money you make through book sales, Ammo solves all of those problems by putting you in the driver's seat and showing you how to fulfill your books directly to your readerships. Click the link in the show notes to learn more. It's been a little while since I've brought you the standard Monday episode, but I had a really exciting breakthrough with library purchases for my novels recently, and I needed to share that with you. This is TRBM, a podcast for authors who are serious about earning a full-time living selling books to readers. I'm the host, Jody J. Sperling, and each episode, I'll share with you practical tips on marketing and selling your books. And I won't hold anything back. Sometimes I fail. Every time I do, you'll know it. Sometimes I succeed. And when I do, I'll give you my step-by-step -step replay so you can succeed too. Thanks for listening. The enthusiasm you hear in my voice is actually me just trying to be sultry. I'll get over it in a moment. <laughs> You might remember my conversation with Robin Bradford. You probably will if you've been listening for a couple of months. If you're new, go back and listen to the episode with Robin Bradford. She is the collection development director for the Tacoma, Seattle, Kent library system. And she gave me a ton of valuable information on how libraries acquire books and what works best. And I went into that conversation really with a frame of mind for another guest of mine, Eric Otis Simmons. May he live forever in fame uh, for giving great ideas to authors about how to correctly get your book in libraries. So I was thinking about what he did and going to libraries and requesting that they acquire my book. And it was challenging. It did feel very much like the standard response was, oh, we don't do that. Finding the right person is challenging. Something that Robin said to me got me thinking. And this, I don't know if you're this way or not. As an author, I kind of feel like we all have this in us, but uh, 
I'm perpetually scheming new ways to find readers, new stories to tell myself, new uh, methods of looking at problems. And, and Robin had said, if a patron of the library requests a book, then it is much more likely that we will acquire that book. If the, if, if the author requests the book, uh, there has to be a really good pitch. And it's oftentimes going to be an uphill battle that requires multiple check-ins, finding the right person, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. So what I realized was that if I could find a way to get library patrons themselves to request my books in their libraries, the chances of my library book, excuse me, the chances of my book being acquired by the library skyrocketed. And Robin also said it often took just one patron request for them to acquire a book. I thought, boy, that could be easy if I could figure out a way to get in front of a whole bunch of library patrons. So that takes me back to the roots of this podcast. For those of you who have not been listening a tremendously long time, you may not know that this podcast has had its success largely due to the social networking, social media site formerly known as Twitter. I had a private account on Twitter at Luke Mia P.I., the main character of my novels, Luke Mia P.I. That was born out of a clever idea. <laughs> clever. It worked and it didn't. It did work, but not the way that I thought it was going to. My good friend, John Gimble, well, maybe I should just call him John G. Too late now. My good friend, John Gimble, uh, who gets a cameo appearance in The Nine Lives of Marva DeLong High. He's the guy who works at uh, Trader Joe's uh, that Luke runs into when she's trying to chase down Laser. Um, spoiler, I don't care. Read the books. You'll love them. Anyways, so... And, and also, he's going to be in town for me tonight. For you, it will have been uh, about a week ago, a little like half a week ago. Uh, he's visiting to introduce me to his new uh, lady, Love. And I'm really excited to meet her and excited to see him again after quite a while, uh, having not seen him. All right. I, I kind of went off on a trail. Here's the deal. John graciously helped me create that Twitter account because I was terrified. Uh, I hated social media. I'd never really done any of it. When I was on Facebook, I just was looking at other people's stuff. I didn't have Instagram. I had nothing. Uh, I was an agented author who was trying to sell the nine lives of Marva to Long High and really struggling. So I had this idea, what if I create this profile and build a huge network of people who are interested in leukemia, and then I can sell them the books through that and show the uh, world out there that I had something to say and people liked me. That account to this day has some 2000 followers. It's not very big. It was a slog. And the biggest way that we got new people following us was through uh, just follower churn. So um, I never unfollowed people with that account, but basically John and I would just get on there and follow a bunch of people that the algorithm thought might be interested in our kind of thing. They would follow back typically. And then I would just go back. And if somebody didn't follow me, I would unfollow them because I was always told that you want to have a positive number of followers compared to uh, people you are following. It makes you look more desirable, uh, which I believe is still true. Whether it's right or wrong, you can discuss forever with each other, but that is what was going on there. And now time for a little ad break. Have you ever heard of the Luke and Time Mysteries? If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you have. The host is also the author. 
the Luke in Time Mysteries, or for anybody who likes a little R-rated action with a bit of magic, as well as characters who do incredibly unlikely things, such as drink two gallons of bourbon in a single sitting. It's local, it's place-driven, it's voicey, it's hard-boiled. And where does all of Lyle's food come from? Find out these details and more when you buy the Luke and Time Mysteries. Click the link in the show notes, and we have every format available. Don't miss your chance to get a 60% discount just for being a podcast listener. Now back to the show. However, as I was doing that account, eventually I stumbled, well, not even stumbled, kind of was hit in the face by a few people who are regularly interacting with me there on Twitter as the Lukey Mia character. And uh, they would say, you ask the best questions. And that really got me thinking. I got lots of interaction on my questions and multiple different people had said, I ask great questions. So at that intersection moment, I thought I need if I'm going to grow the podcast, which is why I started my personal Twitter, Jody J. Sperling, at Jody J. Sperling. I'll link to it in bio if for some reason you want to follow me there. Uh, excuse me, link to it in the show notes. Um, I created that account to grow the podcast. I didn't at that point need John's help. I had learned myself how to do Twitter and I had really actually kind of fallen in love with the dialogue because when I would put out a question, I would get many responses. Uh, and it went from being, I would have two or three notifications a day to 20 notifications every time I reopened, 20 plus notifications every time I opened up the app. Explosive growth, zero followers to 5,000 in like a month. It was absurd. Um, and, and I've told this story elsewhere. So go back and listen to the Twitter episodes if you want more context. But it was like a day job for a little while for me. Uh, and the reason I did it is because I got new listeners to my podcast and I got uh, some readers of my work, not a ton. I hadn't even self-published at that point um, and a lot, a lot of of interaction and just growth and fun. And so I, I saw it as being uh, a great community affair, but I also saw it as being a good opportunity to grow my podcast and eventually get readers. Um, that's been my my goal always. Readers first. I want readers. I believe I'm writing something that will delight and I want people to enjoy that. So all of that to say that I created this base in Twitter of, of tens of thousands of followers. Now, um, you know, we're getting up to a, a, a pretty large, robust size. And uh, I, I did realize at some point that uh, I wasn't getting as many listeners from Twitter posts and things like that. I didn't know how to use it. And then I stumbled on something kind of magical. I could DM people. And if I DM'd them, if they were following me, the chances that they would see my message were really high. And um, I was at first scared, scared that people would see me as being a cold salesman or something. And maybe some do. I've always told them when I DM, if it's a, a cold DM, hey, if you don't respond to this, you'll never hear from me again. I'm not, you know, trying to preach or whatever, like weirdness. I just, I want to get my message out there. That's why I'm here. Apologies if that's not welcome. And I try to be really careful if the bio for any account says no DMs or anything like that. Um, I've made a couple of, of mistakes there, had some people yell at me, but um, two of the people that yelled at me ended up when I apologized to them said like that they loved what I was doing and now end up being people that I interact with on the usual. I learned this DM uh, method and it worked really well. Uh, I would get many, many new listeners. This is when my podcast went into massive growth mode because the one-on-one -on -one outreach, people would say, I am an author. I do want to hear a podcast about authors. And chances are still probably 
I don't know, one in five that you are listening to this podcast right now because you learned of me through Twitter. And for the YouTube crowd, it's actually probably like one in two found me through Twitter. So it was a good way to grow the base and people keep coming back and listening regularly. So that's been an amazing experience. I have had a very similar experience with selling my novels. So I'll go in and DM people, new followers. Now I don't DM about my podcast because I want to sell books, not grow my podcast necessarily. I'm going to tie all this together. This is a library episode. Uh, And I will let them know I have my book. It's currently on KU, though I have withdrawn it because I I believe that maybe selling to Shopify is selling wide. It's just kind of sticky. I'm not 100% sure, but I've decided better safe than sorry. Had a little run in with Joanna Penn. It was fun. It was uh, exhilarating, thrilling, not thrilling or exhilarating or fun, but um, I'd rather, like I said, be safe than sorry. Uh, and I want to trust and believe that everybody has a good heart when they approach you about what a moron you are. Um, and so I, I really take that to heart. Yes. No bitterness here. You can probably tell. Um, so at this moment, I just let people know, hey, it's on KU. You can read it. Uh, if you love it, review it whatever. It's it's free if you have KU membership. That's what I tell people. And I get a surprising number of people who are like, I don't have KU, but I bought your book anyway. It sounded interesting. Um, and the stats on Amazon actually prove that out. So I see book purchases through this. I've never had a negative interaction with anybody. Um, I've had a lot of people from Nigeria who want me to send money to like different orphanages for struggling people. And I have never engaged in that because I don't know any way to verify or validate that. And it feels a little bit scammy to me, but uh, it's either positive or Nigerians. And uh, I'll just keep doing that. And I would encourage you to try it before it becomes saturated because somebody listening here is as desperate to be a known author as I am and they're doing it. And the more people that do it, the more it will become a channel that's saturated. And then you will get a lot of people who are like, oh, I hate my DMs, you know, turning it off and making it impossible. So strike while the iron is hot. It is labor intensive, but uh, it's more rewards than you're getting probably anywhere else in many cases, Um, which now leads to the libraries. There is always a chance that a tweet will get a ton of interaction. You don't even have to DM which was the case for a tweet that I sent out on the 20th of August. It was a Sunday, uh, just, you know, like a month ago, uh, 8, 10 a.m. I sent out this tweet uh, and I'll explain. Apologies if you've already seen this question, but I'm looking for help. Do you have a library card and use it at least once a month? So I set up that I'm looking for help. There's no, there's no like backhanded, oh, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I'm filtering for the kind of people that I want to talk to. I was thinking based on current response stats that I was going to see somewhere in the neighborhood of 19 or 20 replies. That's typically what I'm getting per tweet right now because I'm not as active on Twitter. I get interactions, slow growth, nothing like I used to get when I was living on Twitter, replying to every person who who replied to my tweet. Um, but this one, this one really quickly started to take off. And so by the time um, it was a Sunday, so in, in, we had not been to the Fremont Lakes, my family and I. So we went down to the Fremont Lakes. Uh, we had our phones with us. We were planning on watching a little bit of the Cubs baseball, letting our kids swim, having a few drinks. It's going to be great. It was great. Uh, but I was on my phone almost exclusively whenever I could get away. And, and I was responding to people because people were saying, yeah, I have a library card. Um, and then I just responded and I, I asked them, hey, 
would you consider requesting my novel in your library? And then um, I really focused on Libby and let them know that I'm already available to be read or listened to through Hoopla. Uh, so I, I made this really condensed message that basically said there are three ways you can request a book. It's really easy with the bell on Libby. It's really easy with uh, the that system to get my ebook into your library. As of right now, uh, a month later, 478 replies, 14 retweets, 21, or excuse me, 14 quote retweets, and then 21 regular retweets, two bookmarks. It just got huge. Um, in fact, let me look at the uh, analytics for the post because the, the number of people who even saw it is, is absurd. And this is the cool thing about X, formerly Twitter, um, is that occasionally you do get what is for all intents and purposes, uh, free book promotion. Um, so 23.1 thousand or 23,106 people saw the tweet, 1,591 engaged with it, 519 expanded the details. Not even sure what that means. Six new followers, 102 profile visits. It was just a massive, massive, uh, success. And through that, I verified uh, in 31 different library systems. That's right, 31 different library systems. It gives me this amazing ability now to work in those library systems, find out the patrons that are there, and get them to read the book, check it out, build those stats so that I can recreate this with any book in the future. And then I don't so much have to do the direct outreach like this, but the power of what happened there is something that I wanted to share with you. There is something going on on X for authors if you use it assertively, with kindness, and in ways that people engage with. So you know this already, but questions questions on X really work well. And I would highly encourage you to send out a couple of tweets a day about your books or something that is related to your books in the form of a question. So some might be like, uh, do you prefer mysteries or detective stories? You know, they're pretty much the same in my case. And so, so you'll get people discussing the nuances. You might have a really fun, engaged conversation. And then you can let people know, I have a couple of mysteries. If you have KU or if you go to your local library, soft sell them like that so that they don't feel the like you're trying to sell them a book so much is make them aware of a book. It works really well on X. Um, advertising does not work as well on X. It works far better on, on Facebook, in my experience. I've tried both. Uh, I've had great success at times with ammo. Uh, I've had no success whatsoever at all on Twitter. Um, and consequently, Steve has talked a lot about that in the program of, you know, Twitter's not necessarily a great place to advertise so far. I've been using Twitter and X interchangeably. Um, and I said that one point, I will continue to call it Twitter until the URL changes. Right now, I'm not exactly sure how I feel about it, but I'm just so used to calling it Twitter. Apologies. I'm going to use them interchangeably probably as I'm deciding what I want to do. And the reason for that is, it bothers me if I have a name for something like my my name Jody and and people see it and assume that guys are not named Jody and so they think it's Judy um, or they'll they'll be like oh wait are are you are you Jody 
I'm like, yes, I am Jody. And then I feel the need to comfort them for being confused. And so I'm like, oh, I was named after the Chicago Cubs tech catcher, Jody Davis. That's silliness. So trying to, you know, think through all of those things about names and the importance of names and whether I love Elon Musk or not, he calls it X. He bought the platform. It still resembles the platform that I love and and helped me grow my podcast and my book sales and um, reach many of you who are listening right now. So what... Is the action item for you if you want to get your books in more libraries? I would say, why not start tweeting directly at library patrons here on X whenever you can? If you have an account, uh, do that. If you don't, set one up and start to try to build and really focus on libraries. I think you might see some amazing things happen. If you can get patrons excited about helping you get your book into the libraries, you get a sale, you get awareness, you get a soft uh, approach to have people involved. You can make campaigns out of it. You can make contests out of it. There are some really amazing things that you can do by using the platform. Um, and let me let me wrap up by saying that uh, you know Rich Hosek. He has his own amazing podcast that's an award-winning podcast. Uh, Insom- good Bedtime Stories for Insomniacs. He's going to give me crap because I always forget the exact title. Bedtime Stories for Insomniacs, a fiction podcast. Uh, it is wonderful. He and I met through Twitter uh, and he and I are going to be going to the Miami book fair in November. So uh, an amazing connection with a real life writer that I built here. Uh, Heather O'Brien has been a guest on the podcast several times. Same story. She's going to be joining us on the, the trip to Miami book fair hashtag writers. If you want to know more information about it, you should be able to find it. Uh, I will get you the URL in the show notes because right now I cannot remember it, but that's going to be cool. And then finally, uh, another writer named Juliet Willows is also going to be joining us. So four of us formed hashtag writers. We met each other here on Twitter. We all want to have other people reading our books and, and really get out there and make something happen. That's the power here. And those same people request the books at their libraries. Uh, and we all work together to help each other grow our missions. Um, so that would be my, my, take home for you, your action item for the week. I try to do that with every library episode, give you an action item. And this week's action item is start tweeting about libraries. And even if you don't want to be on Twitter as much as I was, or even still am to some degree, uh, just interact with those tweets alone, ones that are about libraries, uh, put one out a day and see what happens, start to build. Don't ask people to do you a favor right away uh, or do, I don't know, do, but I guess I pretty much do. I pretty much am just going right into it, but um, gosh, if I was smarter, I'd sell more books. So what I know right now is Twitter works. I am getting a lot of books in libraries. 31 library systems now own my books and have checkout data on my books. Uh, and I have not gotten a single one of those book acquisitions out of going directly to a librarian. Um, so what works is getting patrons mobilized for you. What is a harder push but very effective nonetheless is Eric Oda Simmons push for getting people uh, to talk to librarians specifically. You, you need to find the collection development people and you need to give them a very compelling pitch for why your book should be there. The other thing I'll say is very few libraries currently have my paperbacks, my physical copies, because there's just so much less friction in getting people to take action through Libby or uh, listening through Hoopla. So uh, that's one thing to note as I learn more about the paperback process, or if I implement that using Eric's 
system. He has a great website with some very, very affordable tools that will get you the contact information for decision makers and libraries. Definitely do that. Action item one more time is start tweeting about libraries and see where that takes you. Um, I'm going to keep trying to do Monday episodes as much as I can, but as you know, there have been some life changes here. So I am stepping a little teeny bit back from the podcast if needed. Uh, so hope every Monday to continue to bring you podcasts again now that uh, we have shifted into school mode for the kids and whatnot. Um, but I'm not going to promise every Monday. Hope that it shows up in your queue. And I look forward to talking with you again on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to TRBM. The theme music was provided by the ever-talented Christopher Talon. And hey, if you liked what you heard, share this show with other readers because what's the point of telling stories if nobody's listening?